ho, ho, and welcome to the continuation of the Chris Massacre on the Graveyard Shift. Oh, we continue strong. This has been a good month so far. We did Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Then we did, uh, shit, what was the other one we did already? Forgot? Christmas Spring? Anyways, a fun time in. We're not showing any signs of stopping. Please welcome the guy who suggested this film and is on some next level bat salt shit, Eric. Glad to be back, dude. And please welcome the man who is ready for the shit show, John. <laughs> Hello, we are back. It's uh, Christmas Bash. Yep, and uh, today's episode is Just Order Online, because we watched Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> seriously why do people go fucking why do people still go in stores like i get like for the first 25 years of the internet being around people might have had their doubts about its potential but after people literally getting stomped trampled or you know freezing to death camping outside just go on your fucking computer it's i mean it's almost at the point where like people who don't know how to use a computer kind of should just go away and they make sure to facilitate that by getting themselves trampled in needless situations i have not once ever done a physical black friday sale it's always been online because a i don't like the cold b i don't really like people <laughs> and and c i've seen enough trampling videos like remember i I remember seeing videos, you know, in the 80s of the Cabbage Patch Kids' debacles, you know what I mean? I'm not dealing with, you know, people like nowadays when, you know, you get beat up for a PlayStation or whatever. Oh, man, I, re I remember seeing the Furbies. Like, w yeah. when people were, oh, my gosh. Beanie, beanie Babies? Fucking Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> yep. Oh. Ne yeah. Never forget. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it's kind of baffling. There's Like, this um, movie kind of seems like some of the concept seems about like 10 years like old, like, you know, mm -hmm. it's almost seems a little dated. Cause I'm like, how many people would really still be piling in in these stores? They still or I guess, do, at least in this area. Well, it, well, it also shows most of the people in the stores are old. Like, yeah. like people that clearly yeah, think, don't spend much time on a computer in the first place. So it kind of right. makes sense. And it's like a tradition now for them. They just, they yeah. enjoy the blood sport, you know? And I, I'm, I'm just waiting for like, the the country song memorials like grandma got run over by a rascal <laughs> <laughs> going out on shopping friday eve <laughs> you may say there's no such thing as savings <laughs> <laughs> now if you excuse me now i have to grieve oh man it's wow. like all I got for Christmas was my two discounts, <laughs> right? <laughs> all I got for Christmas was my teeth knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Uh, I mean, like the, the things that people do for like a little bit of savings. Like, remember that lady who uh, I think like drank water to death for a fucking wee? No, uh, I have never heard of this. Oh God! Yeah, there, it was a contest like wee for a wee. Where you basically have to drink water and like not leave to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and the last person standing gets a gets a wee for free. Now, see that actually sounds like fun. That sounds like those old old uh, that? contests where you got to put your hand on the car and the last person standing gets the car type of deal. Yeah, it was a uh, done. Uh, it was a uh, it was a contest sponsored by KDND FM. 
of course, your radio station. Yeah, and a woman, 28 years old, Jennifer Strange, died of water intoxication for their on-air Hold Your Wee for a Wee contest. The person who drinks the most water <laughs> using the bathroom promised was the promise the game comes at $250. That's amazing. That's... That's and now incredible. no one gives a shit about the Wii. The family was awarded <laughs> yeah. $165 million. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, when you recklessly hold a con when when you hold a contest, like regard asking people to consume vast amounts of liquid, forgetting water intoxication is a thing that can happen. Mm. And you're all about people who I mean, we've seen Black Friday sales. We know what people will put their bodies through at risk yep. to save like two hundred bucks on a flat screen. I I, I, just, I I can see why the family would be like fuck you radio station like you, you can't let them off easy for yeah they should. How, how much money did they get the family sixteen point five million now see that sounds like they planned that out and she got the short end of the stick so <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? they, took, they took the most disposable they, member of their family and they they just they talked were, it up to her. You that's can do yeah, this. I mean, I've seen you go. I've seen no, you no, go through a movie double bill and never have to go to the bathroom. I, I trust in your bladder. I, <laughs> they were talking about that at Thanksgiving dinner. You know, that's what they had planned, and you know, they put everyone's name in a hat, and she got drawn. Because <laughs> right. everyone wrote her name but didn't tell her. Exactly. <laughs> well, she was a mother of three, so I guess you need to pay for like three colleges. Yeah. Or three universities, so. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's not surprising that Black Friday sales would do that. I mean, if people are going to die for a fucking Wii. I mean, it's the worst of the consoles. I mean, if it was like an Xbox 360 or a PS3, that would have been like at least, you know, reasonable. Because those are like $600 consoles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it shows based on the quality of the games that came out for them. I feel like... I feel like this should be brought back. I think this this challenge should come back as a TikTok challenge or something. I'm surprised it hasn't. It will. Not. Yeah, right. But yeah, I never, I never even gave a shit about the Wii. I, my Wii, I got for free from my friend, and we literally used it just to stream Netflix at the time. And then <laughs> since we got, since we got a Roku TV, you know, the, the one of those smart TVs, it's literally been in our bedroom collecting dust because even our daughter doesn't want to play it anymore. Yeah, she's ten. You know, if a ten-year-old doesn't want to play a fucking console system, yeah, I I used to own the original Wii, and yeah, I got bored of it relatively quickly. Like the gimmick, just yeah, it 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 lost its appeal. Yeah, I mean, the best part was like me uh, downloading the games on it for like ROMs and stuff, because that mm-hmm. way you can play like the twenty decent games on it without having mm-hmm. to commit to an entire console. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. So I was looking at the news, and they even, like, showed that the possibility of death was raised during the broadcast. Like, like the DJs themselves were talking, and they were heard on the show saying, like, can you get water poisoning and, like, die? And that was the female disc jockey. Not with water, replied her male co-host. Your body's, like, 98% water. Why can't you just take in as much water as you need? And then the mm-hmm. female disc jockey... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's 98. I think it's more like 75 or like maybe 80 at most. Either way, you're going to get past 100 if you can't, if you don't let it out. <laughs> and one of them right. said, maybe we should have researched this before. And 10 employees were fired. Oh, Jesus. 
Jesus. So, yeah, like the things people will go through for savings. So, I mean, like, again, just go shopping online. It's just so much better. Anyways, well, we've been on for a bit, and uh, <laughs> so this like movie Black Friday. Uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, the synopsis <laughs> is customers looking to save a few bucks on Black Friday, go to a mall, or well, a store, not a mall, and they end up uh, being a uh, becoming fodder for a thing of undetermined nature. But all the customers are out to kill the employees, so the employees are the uh, protagonists in this. I was a, uh, I worked at Best Buy when they did mm -hmm. a, a Black Friday for the 360. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, fuck that. And you're still here with us. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I fucked up because I heard them say, yeah, we definitely got 360s. So when I answered uh, like one of the calls on the line, mm -hmm. I was uh, like just repeating what I was absolutely positive I heard, and oh, no. then the manager's just like, "Did you tell this customer we had three sixties?" And I'm like, "Yeah, because we do. Well, we don't." Uh, like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like all these are already pre-sold. <laughs> it's like, ugh. So, uh, yeah. John, did you ever work retail? Oh, I sure did. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's kind of one thing I would just say about this movie. I mean, it's kind of something I would say is a positive. So, I, I you know, getting ahead of myself. But, yes, it's, I worked at, uh, well, I worked at a grocery store. And then uh, I worked at Marshall's for, like, two years. And, uh, yeah, I had to work a couple of those, like, holiday season, Black Friday, all that bullshit. And, Fucking so had to work as a cashier, and I've worked the floor. Neither one was good. Like, I mean, they they come with their own like host of issues. <laughs> yeah, it's like escaping, just not being on cashier duty and being on the floor. You'd think that'd be a relief, but no, that that fucking can suck even more sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Worked in the shoe department specifically uh, when I was working the floor at Marshalls. <laughs> And yeah, if there's any article of clothing that gets fucking lost easier than any other, it's fucking shoes. Because it's like, I don't know, shoes just disappear and then, you know, you have like, you know, 30 mismatched ones, like 30 single shoes that you're just trying to find the other one for. <laughs> yeah, because oh, shirts are like times. one single piece, pants are one single piece, hats are one single piece, shoes, well, that's a pair and pairs can get knocked yeah. around and... Totally yeah, true. and there, it's just something about like whenever, um, and it's always in the. I'm sorry, it's always in the ladies section here. You know, I gotta say, it's like they, they are. Al Bundy they, was right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> women's <laughs> shoes will fucking suck your soul out. <laughs> yep. Dude, right? It, it's well, yeah. I mean, there would be, you know, these ladies would come in, they they try on like fucking twenty different pairs of shoes, and they wouldn't put the box away. Really, they would just like take another one out, and that's how these shoes would get lost so much because they're just getting kicked around so much because they're just opening them. They don't really put them back and put them on the shelf before they grab a new one, and then oh yeah, and then they just get done looking, and then all those boxes are still over there. It's like. I at least gave it credit to the, the men's area because that area usually was pretty neat and tidy. It's like, unless there was like, you know, some kids over there trying on shoes, they're usually a little bit messy, mm -hmm. but oh my God. Yeah. Just going over there to the, the, the women's shoe department particularly. Yeah. I mean, you could 
easily end up spending like two hours after closing working on that shit. <laughs> what about you, Eric? What's your retail experience? I, I worked in a grocery store. So my first year there, you know, I was just a bagger. So I dealt with every asshole customer there was. But then after that, I moved into the bakery section of it. And that was even worse because uh, they put me uh, like actually frying the donuts and all that stuff. So I'm there at three in the morning. And it's nice because, you know, even though my head's in a fryer and in the grease and all that stuff, there's no customers until six. But the problem is, you know, once six o'clock comes in and I'm supposed to have, you know, 90 percent of the donut case full and everything like that. And, uh, you know, you'll always have that one that one or two times when it's, it's 601 and the donut holes aren't in there yet because they're still draining the grease off. And you got those the old people that walk in and they're bitching and moaning because, you know, they have to wait an extra 30 seconds. And uh, they don't care because management isn't there. They'll treat you just as bad as you as you've seen it in TV shows and movies. And there's been times like because eventually my uh, my grocery store, we went on a business. It was a. It was a smaller chain that when Walmart became, you know, super Walmart, it kind of got swallowed up. But uh, there have been many times when I'm just like, here, here's your free coffee. Sit over there for five minutes. You can wait unless you want, you know, to bite in nothing, into nothing but hot grease, you know, type of thing. And it was not fun. And then once, you know, we were going out of business, it was like our last, let's say, month, you know, when it was made public. The customers treated you even worse because... They knew your job was gone within a month, and they didn't care. And well, the good news yeah. is you can treat them right back. Like, oh, trust me, fuck I, you, I Gramps. Did. My <laughs> job is gone in a month. I, I know, that, <laughs> what are they going to do? Fire me? Too. I was literally the only one left working the bakery, so I didn't give two shits. I said, "Well, I'm, I'm losing my job in a month anyway. Either I could be nice to these old people, or I can tell them what I finally want to fucking tell them." You know, church is over, you know, we don't have the donuts that they want. And, well, you should have been here a half hour ago when, you know, we had, you know, three or four families coming here or call ahead. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I don't miss it one bit. Was there any particularly and, cathartic blow-ups? <laughs> um, usually when the homeless people came in for the free samples and I didn't have the stale free samples out fast enough, <laughs> um, I yelled at them a lot. Um. Like I said, uh, the Sundays after church were, were were not fun because the people wouldn't order ahead, and even though we would make extra, but they're Christians; the, they have to be nice. It's the <laughs> it's, it's it's what Jesus wants. Oh, Mike, 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 Mike! No, they don't. <laughs> not when there's donuts at stake. Um, and that's why when movies like the Crawler this, of Christ, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> movies like this or Clerks, you know, come on TV. I, I feel a special attachment to it because of my history. So, yeah, <laughs> thank God I now work in a factory where I don't deal with the public at all. Uh, yeah, I worked yeah. briefly at a uh, Wendy's. Oh no! Yeah, I got oh. I got the training video with that. <laughs> they had like Dave Thomas talking about like making the making the burgers and shit. Hmm. And he would say something like, <laughs> we do things the old fashioned way. And I had to be like, do I need to rewind this? Did I have a the stroke? Old fashioned way. The old fashioned way. The old fashioned way? The fashioned way. Awesome. That's like someone saying, you were going toward the light. Right. Or I'm going to put a fascia board on your house. Are those people that call them toilets instead of toilets? Turlets. Yeah, mm -hmm. Turlets, that too, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that... 
down in around my neck of the woods, we some people go toilets, 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 T A I L E. I'll go over there in the toilet, <laughs> or well, or just go to the commode. <laughs> Fuck if you go like, oh well, don't don't be d- d- dropping too many loads in the commode. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, don't be careful over there in the commode, man. It's it's, it's fixing a overflow. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, despite yeah. the fact that it's been about 15 minutes and we haven't talked about this movie, we haven't even got past <laughs> the fucking introduction yet. It's not right. that we're against the subject matter. We just relate to it so fucking much. And we're sure that you do as well. Because You've had all this built up and yeah, it's finally the perfect time to like purge it all out. This is the fucking mm-hmm. release valve. Yeah. Because let's face it, the public fucking sucks. Unless they're listeners of the Graveyard Shift Horror Podcast, in which case they're the kindest, most considerate and supportive at patreon.com slash graveyard that we've ever met that a boy yep well you know black friday man it represents the worst of humanity everything Mm -hmm. it's you know and it's it's everything you hate about it's like corporate cynicism consumerism it's where greed and the unwillingness to use a computer have an unholy orgy (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) yes yeah oh my god it's yeah it's the fucking dance of the devil alright <laughs> but on the plus side aside from the uh, the poor workers who you know should be smart enough by now to get out of the way it's basically mm-hmm. like the worst people eating themselves and taking themselves off the census so you know yay by yay for attrition <laughs> alright at, at its best you know yeah it's uh, like it's like, hey, I'm not a proponent of social Darwinism, but I, I don't know, man. Sometimes. I'm not for sometimes. it, but I'm not going to get in his way. Yeah, I'm not going to get in his way. It's like, sometimes I got a question. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, you know, me and Mike are in a group chat. Sometimes I always share that gift, you know, of Ripley from Aliens. You know, I say we leave this place and nuke the site from orbit. That's the only way to be sure. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, uh,. God, that's, I think that's what I'd say if I see a spider in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Spiders are your friends. Right. Uh, so this movie was directed by Casey Tebow, written by Andy Greskoviak, produced by Bruce Campbell and Warner Davis, with cinematography by David Cruda, edited by Chris Tonic, music by Patrick Stump, produced by MFW Manufacturing, that doesn't sound like a production company. That sounds like an assembly plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Warner Davis Company. Distributed by Screen Media Films, released November 19th, 2021. With a runtime of 84 minutes. This stars Devin Sawa as Ken. Ivana Baccaro as Marnie's. Ryan Lee as Chris. Stephen Peck as Brian. Michael Jai White. That's right, black fucking dynamite. Mm. <laughs> Archie. Spawn. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say Spawn, yeah. God, it's been so long since I saw that movie, I kind of purged most of it out of my mind, except for, like, you know, Martin Sheen was in it. I like it. And John Leguizamo. Like, I haven't seen it in, like, 20 years. I, I, I get a kind of... Um, I like John Leguizamo. Like he was great as a disgusting fucking asshole. 
Yeah, I don't know. I get some amusement out of that movie for sure. I mean, it's, we should put it on the show sometime if we ever do like a, yeah. a collection of comic book horrors for a theme. Or if yeah, there's only just one, I, then we'll do that. It's it's not a good movie, but it's damn entertaining. I think. Yeah, where well, you're going every day is Halloween. <laughs> you, you, you should know by now, John. It doesn't have to be a good movie to make this podcast. Trust me. There's oh been many yeah. Times when oh, I've been yeah. involved with a non-good movie with Mike. Oh, absolutely. We've done a few of those. Like I was like, oh no, this is not a good movie, but I damn well had a good time watching it. It's like it was an amusing movie. So oh, yeah, it like, gets like Silent, this is a five out of five. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night two. It's a yeah. good. It's a decent half of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that that was that that was a good watch well it it worked out for me because i hadn't seen the first one so i'm like okay this perfect now you don't need to i was yeah that's the movie i was trying to remember before that was a decent oh and that's a genuinely good movie yeah that was i was like yeah i don't think i had anything bad to say about that one that was just good it's been a fucking decent chris massacre so far yeah yeah we've actually had some uh some of the better ones out of the, like more memorable movies. Yep. And Bruce Campbell as Jonathan, Louis Kurtzman as Emmett, Celeste Olivia as Anita, Ellen Colton as Ruth, Peg Halsamer as Angry Gran, Mark Steger as Monster Angry Gran, Christopher McHale as Lou, Stanley Bruno as Bircher, Lonnie Farmer as Monty, Ripley Thibault as Lila, Matea Thibault as Gracie, and Seth Green as the voice of the Dower Dentist. <laughs> the Dower Dentist. I didn't need to read that in the credits. I fucking knew that off the bat as soon as I heard his baritone. <laughs> My wife left me. I guess we can do this. <laughs> so, a little bit of trivia. Uh, just random trivia. Devin Sawa was Stan... From the Eminem music video, Stan. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Yeah. Nice oh, dude. Have, he, he's having a bit of a dude. career renaissance. Very nice scene. Oh, yeah. Everywhere now. Dude, he's, he's been in, in tons uh, of sh- Final Destination. Yep. Final a series, Destination. A series that has not made it on this podcast as of yet. Idle, idle Hands. hands. Yeah, yeah, Idle Hands. Should be well, in this podcast. That should, guys, definitely. if you want to. Guys, if you really want to go old school, man, little fucking giants, all right? <laughs> he was the fucking... He was in, he was in the live-action Casper for, like, three minutes, you know? Oh, like yeah, he was, wasn't he? I love that on Halloween time. What, was he, like, the live Casper? The, what, the one yeah, with Rita Ricci? Casper. Oh, wow. Yeah, little giants, oh, God, I remember enjoying that. Yeah, because he, yeah, he was a kid in that one, you know? But, uh... Yeah, no, I, it was just, well, for a second, I didn't even realize it was him until, like, mm-hmm. the light, sh- like, I didn't, I don't know, the first scene of the movie, it didn't even register, it wasn't, like, till he's at the store, I was like, oh, fuck, that's Devin Sawa, he's <laughs> uh, all grown up now. Well, it just, uh, when I just looked up Little Giants, I saw it had Rick Moranis in it, so I clicked and Ed on, O'Neill. I clicked Ed on, O'Neill, yeah. I clicked on Rick Moranis just to see what he was, uh up to in recent times and apparently uh it says he's signed to appear in a new sequel to honey i shrunk the kids called shrunk yep i believe it's a tv yep. series for disney plus yeah oh, it was originally cool. a reboot series but uh who knows if it uh all disney projects were halted due to covid19 bob chapik announced that mm-hmm. filming on all movies had been postponed until blah 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 gad contradicted this saying that he stated filming not yet started 
Gad stated he and Moranis once again started collaborating in preparation for the sequel, and as of November 2022, no news has been heard. So it's kind of stopping and starting, but, you know, Rick Moranis is in it, so fuck yeah, glad to see him working. I mean, the guy, mm-hmm. the guy just made good investments, so he doesn't need to work, but, right. you know, I just like seeing him. Yeah, no, I, you know, he's I a good part of my childhood, from fucking Ghostbusters to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids to Spaceballs. Like, I, I, I was used to... A horror. Yeah, I was used yep. to having this guy around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, most definitely. Didn't he, like, kind of just voluntarily, like, retire from acting? Yeah, to look after his kids after his wife died. Ah. Yeah, he just uh, left the public to become a full-time single father, so the guy put in the fucking work. Now you gotta respect him. Well, respect, yeah. He's done some voice work very sporadically here and there. Um, And then, you know, I think, was it Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds has his own phone company now, and he brought in uh, Rick to do a... I don't know, 10 second bit in a commercial. He's like, hey, to, to get you guys interested, here's Rick Moranis. And Rick Moranis walks in, he kind of waves at Ryan, kind of looks at the camera, shrugs his shoulders, and says, like, now what do I do? And then that's it. You know? <laughs> awesome. And I think that commercial's maybe a year or two at the most old. So he's getting into the public eye again. So that's kind of uh-huh. cool to see. He's, he's doing, he's playing the long game on his comeback, you know, they're teasing it a little bit. Oh, uh, they're doing an up, they're doing an upcoming uh, comedy special. Called an afternoon with SCTV. Oh, that would be cool. So they're bringing back. I guess they're bringing back all the Second City guys that are still alive, and they're probably going to talk about John Candy and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, that'll be uh, fucking good. Apparently, he was Mm -hmm. in. He was the narrator in a show called Shelley Duvall's Bedtime Stories. I I remember that show. I did not know the show existed. Yeah, it was what uh, early to mid nineties. I remember watching that on, on 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 HBO. It was really cool. She's she's gonna be back in a movie uh, next year. Her first movie in over twenty years. The forest looks Hills. like garbage because it looks like garbage because it's got Eddie Furlong. But I'm still gonna watch it to support Shelley because I've always loved Shelley. God, they both have the same level of like disheveled going on. Yeah, but she's like forty years older than him. So I know he caught up quick. <laughs> I know he put he See, put he in the will, fucking he, work, but he matched her. He will overtake her in in two years. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, back to trivia. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Lee, who was like the second lead boy in this uh, movie, he was uh, the boy from the Titanium music video by uh, Sia. Okay. No idea. I don't know. I haven't saw it, but it got mentioned in the trivia, and I'm like, well, Titanium was a big, was a famous song, so yeah, he probably got a little attention. This uh, this was filmed in a former Babies R Us. Mm-hmm. That's neat. And uh, the radio talks about like the local towns that have been evacuated, and those uh, towns are Carpenter, Lynch, Columbus, and Wright. Of course, being a nod to, of course, Columbus, John Carpenter, Joe Lynch, and Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. And for the uh, holiday music in the store, in order to find a less expensive alternative to paying for actual Christmas music, the director Tebow himself performed royalty-free Christmas songs on a keyboard using Apple's GarageBand. <laughs> so the director's just like fuck this i'll just do the music myself to save some money which you know you got to appreciate a boss who will you know cut corners but not uh, not like make other people do his savings for him he'll, he'll he'll put up the act and you know save that money himself absolutely uh the last two days of the shoot was when the crew shot the final scenes outside and they got lucky with the weather because the very next day was a blizzard that absolutely crippled all of Massachusetts. Yeah. 
So they finished up yeah. rapping at the last fucking minute. That's luck. Damn. That's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, the TV in the employee's room briefly plays the curse of Chucky. Yep. And uh, Devin Sawa, of course, appears in Chucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently watching that now. I just finished the first Oh, yeah, he was in that. Okay. Yeah, he plays two different characters in season one, and he's back somehow in season two i'll leave it at that yeah so i got uh i got really i, I need to catch up on the movies first because they're probably gonna all get mentioned yes you need to watch the movies to understand the storyline of the show it's a complete continuity well that's good it's good that they got that shit you tight continuous which is a uh, fuck ton better than they ever did for halloween Let's yeah. not get started, man. Come on. We're, we're going to well, be here all fucking night if we talk to Halloween movies. Yeah. Well, at least Child's Play did a little bit better with, like, maintaining its fucking, uh, its timeline. Like, I mean, you know, because, uh, yeah. Again, without getting off on a tangent about Halloween, but, you know, Halloween kind of shot itself in the foot, I think, you know. Stabbed itself in <laughs> the well, foot with the stake. Stabbed knife. itself. Yeah, there we go. Well, the one thing. The one it thing shot it six is, times, all right? <laughs> it shot it in the heart. It shot it six times, and then I went to shoot myself after trying to figure out the continuity. <laughs> well, if you listen to this. One thing, one thing I'll say is Don Mancini, who created Child's Play, he's he's been involved, like, either writing or directing every fucking movie, and he is now the creator and the director and writer of the TV show, so that's why he's... Unified you know, vision. That's why the continuity is there. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to uh, our our reviews of the Halloween movies, I think we brilliantly tied all the continuity together in the skits. Although you got to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, the writer, Andy Grezkowiak, worked at a Toys R Us in Greater Chicago, which is the reason you'll hear local towns reference like Bartlett and Schomburg. I've been to Schomburg. And this was not an adaptation of the 2021 Black Caravan Scout comic series of the same name, despite having a similar premise. And it was not an adaptation of the 2020 Star Kid musical of the same name, despite having a very similar premise. (laughs) And it's not related to the 2004 Hindi film Black Friday, which is not about shopping at all. (laughs) (laughs) So... We eventually start, now we can start with the goods. We start with me, and I gotta say, there's no slow burn to this movie. We start with a fucking gross kill with the cotton candy inflatable blob, and I'm fucking happy <laughs> as hell. <laughs> I, got, I got that as my good, you know, the opening sequence, you know, there's no time wasted. We get, you know, the guy going through the store, setting it up, we have, it, it looks dark and dingy. You have a lady waiting outside like a zombie slams herself against the window, and then it's... I'm assuming it's a meteor that crashes through the ceiling. It was purple. I'm a huge Maniac Mansion fan. My daughter noticed it. We kind of geeked out, even if it's just a coincidence. And then, boom, monsters show up and shit happens. Love it. <laughs> okay, so uh, Eric, what's since I <laughs> since that's basically going on my first good? What's your next <laughs> first good? Yeah. Um, I, we've, we've already kind of mentioned them in the cast, but it was great to see Devin Sawa and Michael Jai White in something again. Because, like I said, Devin, you know, we mentioned everything that we grew up with. He's got a come, he's doing a comeback now. He's just done, you know, a John Travolta film. He did a, a movie with Stallone. He's done one with Sharon Stone. Um, a couple of very well received indie flicks. And 
now he's on Chucky. You know, he's been on both seasons. Both seasons have like hit the roof with the the ratings. And Michael Jai White, he's just you know black, like we said, black dynamite spawn. You know, he's always cool to see when he shows up. You know, he's come a long way since like Toxic Avenger Two when he was like henchman number three. You know what I mean? <laughs> so seeing black seeing black dynamite and Black Friday was kind of cool. You know. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, John, what's your first good? Um, well, I thought it had like a cool little. Um, I, I, I thought the intro credits and like the opening song were you know pretty neat too. It mm-hmm. like kind of remind me of a well, kind of a Christmas sort of Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead type of opening sequence. But then like oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and even like the vibe of the song kind of remind me of that too. Um, I, I don't know, you know, I thought it was a cool way to open the movie, and then, yeah, just to kind of piggyback on what you guys are saying, too, like, the opening sequence, it's like, yeah, it doesn't, like, it doesn't waste any time, like, kickstarting it, and honestly, the way it all starts, and it, it's very Lovecraftian, it reminds mm-hmm. me straight up color out of space, you know, it's like, fucking even the same color and something comes out of fucking, you know, falls out of the sky and shit, um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, all around good start to the movie. Yeah. You know, just seeing like it's it's like it's like bubblegum pink glow to it. It just gave me a vibe of like Killer Clowns. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, that was especially definitely. when it like did like the Spider Man thing to like pull a guy in. Mm-hmm. And right. It was like, oh, like silly string. There we go. It's like more clown shit. Yeah, there's a. Um uh, you know, just go figure. I don't know with Bruce Campbell having a little bit of a hand in this movie, and then he actually acting in it. Like, there's something. Um, I guess this would be another like point. I was just saying, like, yeah, it kind of seems to have that Sam Raimi type of fun to it. You know, mm-hmm. just yeah, like the monster design and how it's a little bit comical too. They try to have it be scary, but also be a little bit goofy too. But it's not like over the top goofy, like say like. Army of Darknesses or something like that. There's a really good, you know, balance to it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's more of that tone, I think, of, like, more of, like, Evil Dead 2, like, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, it's more of that because, yeah, like, Army of Darkness leans more heavy into, like, yeah, the campiness of it. It's, like, doesn't go quite that far, I agree. Yeah, it's more of, like, in that, it strikes that fine balance between, like, Evil Dead 2 where it's, yeah, just scary enough and then has a little bit of a, uh, it's a little tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, uh, Eric, you did your uh, your first. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Devin Sawa and Michael J. White. Right. Uh, my next good. Uh, speaking of like some of the tongue in cheek jokes, uh, the misspelled plaque saying "1996 Best Regional Manager Runner Up." <laughs> I must have missed that. Oh shit! I did not see that. I either. thought I sent it to you. Hmm. I definitely did send it to uh, John, and I can oh. send it to you, Eric, right now, so you can take a look. Maybe I hadn't looked back at it because I hadn't watched the movie yet. But <laughs> well, I'll oh, send it now, to you again. Now I'm fascinated. <laughs> okay, sending it to both of you. <laughs> there was no way I'm going to let that go. That's fantastic. <laughs> Best regional manager. <laughs> <laughs> Just to show you how much the head office cares. <laughs> you made us an extra $20 million in sales. Here's a plaque worth about six bucks. And we couldn't afford bucks. spell check. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
it, it was just such a subtle touch to show how much this guy suckles on the teat for praise. That is so, that is so not there. It is so absent <laughs> from the head office. Right. <laughs> as we find out other, as we find out other things that the head office doesn't care about later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Eric, what's your next good? Well, I'm gonna kind of piggyback on you know how, how bad the office is. I wrote evil corporate because when it's you know to celebrate and you know motivate everyone to come into Black Friday. They have the smallest sheet cake for everyone to fucking share. I love how they get in trouble for calling it Black Friday because that is racist. So now it is Green Friday, the color of money. (laughs) And I think his name is Chris. Chris gets threatened to get written up because the back of his shirt is untucked. And then, of course, you know, there's no paid breaks and they don't get their fucking Christmas bonuses until, you know, after their 10 hour shift. So I just don't even they don't even that's that the desk is fucking empty. That, so that, I, I that, was that was some, kind of a cool yeah. nod at how bad corporate is. That was fucking taken to. from Christmas vacation. Like, the fact that there's no bonuses. Yeah, no jelly kidding. Month yeah, Jelly the Month. Hey, they don't Clark, even that's get the, the gift. That's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. Right? <laughs> the, only jelly they get, the only jelly they get was the fucking purple meteor that flew through the ceiling. Yeah, and and then I guess well uh, maybe was that goo part of like what was when uh, Chris was at the cast register and then he was like trying no, to like that check that. I think it was just like somebody like like spilling syrup on it. Yeah, I was I like wondering what that said, was because if, if it, said it was like jelly. Yeah, if it was like part of the alien goo, he would have been like killed by it as soon as yeah. he made contact with it. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> that, that that was just you know people just being fucking gross. Yeah. Yeah. And leaving it and making it someone else's problem. <laughs> so John, what's your next good? Uh my next good, I think, well, we've commented a little bit on this, I guess really in our opening bits, but yeah, the overall relatability to this, like mm-hmm. I mean, the way the um uh, I think it's an app metaphor, just like having these customers all get like mutated by this parasite and become these grotesque beasts because I don't know, man. When you've been working at a job like that and you've been there way too long, too, that's how they all seem to you. you know? and, and the fact that they all come together to, like, build a monument <laughs> in, in, yeah. in, the, in the store and then give themselves over to be consumed by it. Like, that was – like, can you – Yeah, I thought it was a very – metaphor, please? Yeah, <laughs> it was very apt. It, it's just – yeah, I thought it, it felt appropriate, you know, and – uh and, and, you know, also just, yeah, like, couple that with, like, how just the different uh, characters act in relation to that. Because, you know, you do have, like, um, you know, Brian, the supervisor, and then Bruce Campbell as Jonathan are just kind of the, you know, the fucking, the management types that just enjoy getting off of the power. But they also hate their lives, too. But it was, it's like, just Burns, like, this, it was like Mr. Burns and Smithers. That's what I thought they were. It was like if yeah, Mr. Burns yeah. and Smithers got mangled in a teleporter with Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute. Yeah, because <laughs> Brian was like the huge like ass kisser is what it was. Yeah, was exactly. Yeah. I, yes. I, I kept thinking him as more Schrute because he was more maniacal. I mean, Smithers, right. he, yeah. he seemed like to be like at, at best indifferent to other things, but always looking to suck up to the boss. While Schrute mm-hmm. had that, like, he would be willing to fucking stab someone with a box cutter 
if it would for the for the honor of the company. <laughs> Smithers is just what, like I'll do what is required of me, but you know and, I can and just what, you know quit. what happens later. You know that we find out Brian did that makes a lot more sense. You know you comparing him to Shroot. Yeah, he he's got that ruthlessness, that mm-hmm. shrewdlessness. Shrewdlessness. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, and that, you know it's. I think what it's one thing about it too is just every. Like every character, I, I've known somebody who like represented every character of every employee in the store. I'm like, yeah, I pretty much have known a version of all of these people, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, um, so it, it it made it for like it was easy for me to get into it because I was like, yeah, you know, it's like the same way people like my really. I've never worked at a restaurant, but you know, people who have watched the movie Waiting love that movie just because it's like that relatable. So Exactly. That's yeah. That's why I, re- I relate to this movie. And like I said earlier, Clerks, you know, I, I know what it's like. Yeah, for I, sure. I just love yeah. this. Uh, I don't know if it was like a, if it was photoshopped <laughs> or if it was like an actual stunt picture that uh, they took, but Rain Wilson dressed up as, uh, as Dwight Schrute uh, sitting on a bench or something. And this hoochie mama's just like sitting on his lap and he's got like a handful of ass. And, 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 and the caption says, when you run the beach, you run the streets. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, one thing with this movie, it's like, it makes me think, uh, you know, you mentioned clerks. It makes me think of the words of Randall where he says, yeah, this job would be f- this pretty great person. work for the fucking customers, customers you know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, my next good is the the dour dentist voiced by Seth Green. Every time that yeah. shows up, and he's like, oh, "That was God. one I wrote down too." Yeah. Here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, what is it? John's like, "Yeah, we don't have a dour dentist. All right, we we don't have it. We never did." Says that like on the loudspeaker. Well, he even mm-hmm. has like one left on the floor to show it's defective, and I'm like, you really yeah. think yep. a customer's a desperate customer is not going to pick that up and give it to their kid anyway? Yeah, he looks like, like you, a, you have to chain that shit to the floor saw style. It's like a depressive, depressive version of uh, like the those Bubba dolls and stuff. Yeah, Bubba doll. Bubba dolls. The bubble. Yeah, like. Yeah, he was like a lion and stuff, and he would be like, you know, he would like talk and stuff, and ask, ask you to like hug him and all that. <laughs> I remember uh, Tony Ruxpin would, uh, Bubba the Lion, well, that's a toy. Yeah, I it was it was like a stuffed animal. Complete. I mean, there's so many different versions, they look completely different. Boyd's Collection, Bubba Bear Lion, Real Talking, Bubba. Smart... Bubba Smart Alec Wisecracking. Oh, I think it. I think it was real talking, real talking Bubba. That's what I'm thinking. Real yeah, talking he's on. Bubba. Uh, oh, fuck! He's two hundred dollars on Amazon. Oh nope. Jesus! Nope. Yeah, see, this is what I was. My my older sister had one of these. She was like obsessed with stuff. Brand stuff Tyco animals. color brown material plush assembly required no manufacturer minimum age forty eight. Uh, what the fuck does manufacturer minimum age mean? Do you need to be 48 years old to put this thing together? That's what it looks <laughs> like. Right. It's age like a fine wine. About this item. He talks to you and talks back too. Squeeze my hand and we got a lot to talk about. Squeeze my other hand and I make funny noises. Squeeze my mouth and I <laughs> and I mumble. When so I ask, when you fucking squeeze his hand? Turn me upside down and <laughs> I talk backwards? 
Wow. 1997. Oh, real talking Bubba. Wow. <laughs> Item weight, one pounds. Okay, how about you just fucking fix your English? It weighed, it weighed, <laughs> it weighed one pounds. Yeah. Manufacturer's recommended age four years and up. Well, that's a striking difference from 48 years old. <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be nearly 50 to build it to give to a, someone who is at least four, has to be four years old. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, there's so much technology in the wisecracking Bubba. You need to have about a good 25 to 35 years of, of technological experience in order to handle the, the AI that's going into this thing. Well, for two hundred fucking dollars, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing about at least you know the Dower Dennis or whatever, at least that was a funny joke, and they kept it going throughout the entire. He kept getting sadder and sadder. He's just like, we can do whatever you want. I got on. By the end of the movie, he's on fire and he gets run over by the getaway car. Well, yeah, because finally the defect that we that we heard about. Because they said, like, oh, there's a defective problem with the batteries. And then we finally see the batteries catch fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we, we got the setup and we got the payoff. So that's just a fucking, that's a running joke done well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Eric, what's your next? Uh, uh, next good is, we, we, we kind of mentioned how we get right to the point with the opening sequence. Um, this movie's less than 90 minutes. I like how, for lack of a better term, they're not zombies, they're infected people, but we get our first attack like literally 20 minutes into the film. Yeah, the pacing on this is fantastic. There is still, I mean, the movie starts off, we find out what happened, why this is happening, and then when the, like I said, lack of a better term, the zombies, they attack right away. You know, we we get a little exposition, we meet the characters, you know. We get enough time to find out who's the prick, who's likable. Who's we disposable? Have the butt we, we got the leader. We got you know we got Michael Jai White. He's the guy in the back who you know puts the sets together. We got the kid who you know he always has to have a hand sanitizer. And once we figure that all out, then the shit hits the fan and it doesn't really stop. And you got the Brian Other the manager. I I fucking like Brian the manager as the Smithers. He's just like trying to keep it together, but you can also tell every time he mumbles under his breath, it's like. It's like just like one ounce of aggression away from I'm, I'm going to burn this place down if you don't give me stapler. <laughs> he's that yep. he's that guy that you have to be nice to because when he finally snaps, he'll remember. You know, it's what was it? A, it was a Dan Cook joke. You always give the crazy guy in the cubicle a candy bar. So when he's shooting up everybody, he passes by you and he says, "Thanks for the candy bar," and then he moves back. Never <laughs> nice to me. Exactly. Exactly. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad when I got donuts for everyone, I always spared. I always saved a second, an extra one for him. That's right. right. He's the one that I didn't stick my finger or penis in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, John, what's your next uh, good? Uh, let's see. What, I'm trying to find uh, like a newer one we haven't already touched on here. Um, well, uh, I guess I enjoy just seeing Bruce Campbell back in like another piece of media, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's been in a lot of stuff as of recently, but like, um, still, you know, I think at some point, like he was trying to channel a little bit of like, just, I was just trying to channel a little, 
I was just oh, getting sorry. pure Michael Scott off of him. Where yeah, just like, the it company was Michael's... is so good. The company loves us. Work for the yeah. company and you'll be rewarded. Well, like, yeah, he, his dialogue is like Michael Scott. And then he's trying to deliver, like, in a couple parts, he's, like, trying to deliver it like Ash, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, for a second of, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to protect my store, you know, I'm going to fight for it. And then he, like, you know, quickly caves on all that. Yeah, um, it's it's, def- it's definitely Ash from like Army of Darkness or Ash versus Evil Dead, where his spirit's been broken already. So it's that that type of delivery, in my opinion. Like he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, just I mean, amusing seeing him back and just mm-hmm. I mean, most things he is. Yeah, I mean, and, and avoiding telling the employees any bad news, like only at the last minute. Just remember, yeah. work hard because you're not well, getting breaks. And enjoy. And yeah. <laughs> well, because yeah, like even like you know, because other characters he plays like have been assholes, and he's like perfect for this role too. As like mm-hmm. you know, also being an asshole right here, you know, hiding for the bonus and just being basically a corporate lackey and just yep. a complete simp for this co- company. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I've seen him like in a non-Sam Raimi movie for once too. You know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, he was <laughs> fucking great in uh, Multiverse of Madness. All right. It was, it was just, just great to see him show up, and I'm just like, ah, it can't be a Sam Raimi movie without him in it. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Hey, man, he was in he was in Icebreaker, okay? That was the best fucking movie ever. Time to right? kick it. Kick what? <laughs> Ass, Tilly. Ass. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, and even his, like, his redemption at the end. Where he realizes, mm-hmm. wait a second, my job isn't to like make profit, it's to look after you. And I've been failing in that regard, but it's time to live up to my damn job, time to do my damn duty right now. Make up for it. And the <laughs> noble sacrifice. <laughs> uh, uh, my next good, I mean, th- there were so many small goods, I just had to put them in because like, I just love mm-hmm. so much about this movie. I mm-hmm. uh, Like Ryan calling the cops once the customers start attacking, and he's like... The police have me on voicemail. Did you know the police have voicemail? <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I forgot about that part. That was great. Uh, another good, because there's just like so many small goods, I got to lump some of them together, was like the generic toys they had. Like the uh, one that either looks like an alien or like a gay pride Spider-Man. <laughs> or, or as I like to call him, Prider-Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Holy shit. oh my god, yeah, and it kind of reminds me a bit of that, like, fucking alien toy from Toy Story, like, faintly. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but, like, but, like, the hospital, but the hospital balloon version of it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Make the wish version. Make a wish version. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, there, I, I, you know, co- you know, now that you mention that, I just found it funny, like, what, like, at the scene where, like, the shoppers are first coming into the store, there's, like, this one lady who's just, she's, like, obsessed with board games. She's, like, just grabbing specifically the fucking board games and just mm-hmm. skipping over these, like, other toys. I was like, man, she's, like, loaded up on this. It's, like, she's gonna have to buy all these games that more than half of them, like, she's gonna sit down with a couple friends and they're gonna get bored while she's reading the instruction for them, you know? <laughs> it's, like, He's going to have these books, he's have these board games sitting here collected dust that you can't get anyone to play because 
they have more than two rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't and, know anybody who can who uh, like nobody in her circle in her social circle, including her, has like the the wherewithal or the humor to play cards against humanity or settlers of Catan. So <laughs> you just have to be like, let's get conversations where you just pick yeah, a right. card and I suppose you have a conversation. No. You don't want that. Uh, so, uh, God, I got so many more goods, but I've got to get back to you guys. Uh, Eric, what's your next uh, good? Or if it's a small um, one, what's your next two goods? Okay. Uh, well, I honestly like... Um, Okay, I liked Chris and Brian, and they both have they both have a couple uh, things about them. I like how Chris he's a he's a germaphobe, you know what I mean? And it's a it's a it's a I guess you say a quirk that plays all the way up until the end of the movie. But that's not like he's not just an annoying germaphobe, you know what I mean? There's more to him than that. But I thought the way that they handled that was really well done. It you know it wasn't like in your face, but you can you felt for him when he had to touch the jelly on the keyboard, and you know they have to escape from it, you know from from the creature. So he has to jump in a fucking dumpster, you know what I mean? That type of stuff. What I liked what they did with the Brian character is Brian looks very feminine, you know he's male, he's got you know pearl earrings and that thing, and that, but it's not thrown in your face the way they do it they show that it you know he's just a normal person you know what i mean it, it, he's a normal part of society it's not you know done for a reason it's not in mm -hmm. your face it's not done air quotes to be woke for woke sake if you know what i mean when i say that. he's just there they don't bring it up they don't need to bring it up and everyone treats him normally aside from him being a fucking asshole and yeah, I just thought that was handled very well too. It was just like, yeah, okay, he 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 is male. He dresses like a female. He 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 has the pro earrings like a female. But no one cares. It has nothing to do mm. with the story. He just happened to be there. Yeah, and his, I thought that yeah. was done really well. Yeah, the only character traits they they comment on are just his terrible personality and his and he's a suck up. Exactly. Yeah, and I thought well, that was like I said, really well done because yeah. there are times when they. They throw those type of characters in there just to, just to do it to. I hate to say, yeah, and they and they have to, they have to have that one scene that's like, oh, it affirms like we we know you have this identity, and we just want to explicitly say that we affirm your identity. Exactly. It's yeah. It when people say the word, I hate using this term, but when people do say the word virtue signaling, that's what I think of. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Brian was done perfectly. He, that's, he looks that way. And that's, that's good representation. No exactly. exactly. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's just who they are, you know? Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, they made it not matter. And yet exactly. yeah, they made him matter. So, so it kind of matters yeah. and it doesn't in the best way. Right. Yeah, he didn't get flack for it, but no one's just like, you're so brave being you. Like, you know? Yeah, exactly. He he was he was a literal. He was just being Brian. You yeah, know, it didn't matter how he looked or or dressed or anything like that. He was just Brian. And uh, John, what's uh, what's your, what's one of your next goods? Mm, well, I think I kind of um, I'm kind of out of like goods. I mean, because there's so <laughs> many. Like, I'm not. They're broad ones. Yeah, I, yeah. Got, I got plenty more, Mike. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I'm gonna comment on what you guys got. So. Hey, that's okay. fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My next one is uh I fucking love Ruth. For like every time she 
the old lady. Oh, oh yeah. she the. Okay. Yeah, she oh, was yeah, talking yeah, saying, yeah. "I remember when Black Friday we separated the customers, yeah, but it the... was by race." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's asking oh, so, yeah. the girl, like, "Oh, so you're with your man? We're he, we're we're not dating. Oh, so you're just consensual fuck partners?" <laughs> and she's even like making the fist pumping up and down like i don't know i don't know how this lady fucks but i i think i think she might be really down for it i mean yeah. this is what she calls fucking maybe roots a good time who knows she watches hardcore porn <laughs> and uh then when she sees the police driving into the door she's like oh good the cops are here and you know what she reminds me of? Again, ripping off Christmas Vacation, she reminds me of Chevy Chase's aunt. You know the one? Oh, yeah. like, and play ball! Play ball! The, yeah. The blessing! Yeah, the blessing! <laughs> <laughs> they didn't move into a new house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say the blessing! Okay. Yeah, it's like, Are you still dating Clark? <laughs> and when he's just like, do the blessing, and she's just like, I pledge allegiance to the flag. <laughs> to the flag. Of the United <laughs> States. Did I break wind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, that's another Christmas vacation thing that they uh, that that we've seen because when we did Silent Night Deadly Night, we, the uh, the family at the beginning of that movie was basically the Wish version of the Griswolds. Yep. <laughs> yep. So this is a good. And they went to go. And they went to go see a crazy grandparent. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Eric, what's your next uh, good? Okay, my next good is now. I'm going to stress this one word. I love the look of the infected people's makeup. It's That's so the word makeup fucking because we're going good. To, we're going to get to the infected again later on a different list, but. The, the, just the boils and, you know, just, you know, the colors, it, it looks really fucking gross. You know what I mean? Yeah, the monsters and look great. They look great. And I'm going to piggyback on that since I have a lot of goods. I like how these creatures or these infectives, they evolve. They're, they go from infected humans with boils to foreign yeah. creatures with, like, razor teeth. Like piranhas. Exactly, I wrote that down. Piranha jaws, because and it's amazing the design work. And like I said, there's like two or three stages before we get to the final fucking stage where we get like a King Kong version where they're like you got two heads mixed together. One is like a screaming human. Yeah. One I think oh like a fucking God. bird maybe. Yeah. And it's just it looked fucking great. The like, practical so like, effects I, I, are fantastic. The transformations they're they're not CGI. Like, you can right. see, like, a head oh. split open and, like, things swell up and, like, you can see, like, you can almost hear, like, bones resetting. Yeah, you definitely see a lot of, it's a lot of prosthetics and stuff used in it. And, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of had it as, like, a broad point of a good. It's just, like, monster design is all around pretty damn on point. Uh, I think the practical effects are pretty good, yeah. Yeah, other effects are on the other list. Yeah, I got yeah, it. yeah, we'll like get, we'll it's, get there. exactly. I think we all kind of like yeah. The, it, it's a little mix of a mixed bag, but uh, we know where the budget for the effects went, and they were done pretty damn good. <laughs> we know when, right. the, and, and on the other list, we can see when they ran out. 
Another good of mine is fucking Black Dynamite in this movie. He looks great as like the as like the take charge heavy that's gonna you know yep. keep everyone alive and even fuck when he gets infected he knows it's time to start killing customers because he's got a limited amount of time so he go, he even takes out one like like with a fucking box cutter like a Ronin like yep. he does like a two handed yep, slice until yep. he gets he's like got a, he's got the he's got his nail gun that he's using on them his black dynamite came out and uh, yeah that was my next good I put Michael Jai White still a badass. Yeah, he goes fucking Afro Samurai on a few people, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Until he gets, like, head-yanked by the orc-looking zombie. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. Fuck. Uh, I, uh, uh, just, like, one line of dialogue was, uh, or one dialogue exchange was, uh, we could go to the police. The police are here and they're monsters now. And then the girl turns around. Now? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, there, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, Eric, what's another good? Okay, let's see here. So, Michael J. White is crossed off. I kind of mentioned it, but I'll, I'll I'll mention it again. You know, the character of Chris, how he is this? He's this wimp. You know what I mean? He 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 picked on. You know, he comes from this family that doesn't give a fucking shit that he has to work on Thanksgiving. Dad's glad he's gone. You know what I mean? And well, he, he seems like a bit of a pill. He does. Might have been dodging he, a bullet, he, he, right? But he's still, you know, he's still good-hearted, good-natured. You know, I, I again, I mentioned the the germaphobe stuff. I like how he had a slow progression into this air quote hero at the end. You know what I mean? He 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 volunteered himself to do a couple acts of you know, you know, trying to get stuff away or get away from the zombies or draw them draw them away when he went. <laughs> He ends up, you know, his last, you know, act of bravery is driving a forklift. I think they made a line earlier how he didn't know how to drive a forklift. I just like how he didn't, you know, he he did, but he didn't stay a wimp the whole movie. You know what I mean? He tried to have that hero moment, and he was, I thought he was pretty successful at the very end with what he did with the forklift and uh and I guess we'll call it the King Kong type creature. So I really liked how that was that was done. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, he definitely grew and and stepped up. Yes. Yeah, like every, yeah, like, definitely. It, it was a in regards to basically like all characters, we got to see like the who they were as workers. But when a survival mm-hmm. situation came around, we got to see who they were as people, like who yeah. steps up and who falls apart. Yeah, and I, I liked when they're all in the back and you know they're talking about how shitty their lives are. I like how Chris kind of lets it all out on Devin Sawa. You know what I mean? He's the one. He he's tired of. He's got all this frustration. You know, obviously again from Dad too. You can tell, but he just lets it out, and it's kind of. He calls him nice on to it. See, yeah, it's nice to see him finally. You know, grow a set, for lack of a better term, and, and just be a man for two minutes. So. Oh yeah, the heart to heart in the office when they can finally get to talk did did brian even talk much about himself or was it everyone else but him I don't he re- said a little bit he just said he, i i wanted to be a dentist but oh yeah that talk- reminded me of herbie mm-hmm. you know i didn't want to be here be a dentist yeah <laughs> so again like I, I was just thinking that's a rank and bash reference it has to be mm-hmm. i mean it's a <laughs> christmas movie you got you got some guy dressed like a like a non-binary elf like he wants to be a dentist <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another good. 
uh, butcher when he walks away after mm-hmm. you you think like oh he's you know remembering his 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 coworker and he's and he's just walking away to like you know spare him from getting infected. Turns out no, he's getting his homies. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, oh, my friend's walking away. He's going to, like, you know, clear a path. That's that's so noble about him. No, fuck, he's coming back, and he's got friends. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a nice play on the expectations. Yep. Um, I also liked, uh, basically, the monster at the end I call Shopperzilla. <laughs> and he's yeah. uh, the, the way it just deals with Ryan. Uh, right. He's, like, he's trying to pull this whole... Uh, well, God, it's it's been done so many times. Uh, as early as I can remember was uh, War of the Worlds, when the priest mm-hmm. is walking up to the uh, the alien UFO and just thinking like, "Look, I can do the Lord's Prayer, the shout, the Valley of the Shadow of Death. We can find common ground." And then he gets yeah. instantly vaporized. Like, fuck you for thinking peace is an option. Yeah, it's like we saw that coming a lot a mile away. Yeah, I, I just thought like he's going to get eaten. I just didn't think he yeah. was going to get flicked. Right. Someone, yeah. Someone makes someone makes a reference like they said they flicked him like a like, like a, a paper, paper football. football. Yeah. yeah. Like Making class. Yeah, because Devin Sawa runs out of the story. He's like, "Did you see Ryan get killed? He got flicked like a paper football." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, any more goods from you, Eric? I have two more. All um, right. Oh. Because we've we've we both shared we've shared them. So my last, well, I'll do, I'll do one because I don't know how many you have left. But I like, not just, you mentioned how Bruce Campbell kind of sacrifices himself and, you know, he has the hero sacrifice. I kind of like the speech he gave as he was stomping on the creatures right before he jumped down. How he talked about how much he fucking hated dealing with the customers and he hated his job and this and that. You know, all the stuff that you work retail, you can relate to. So I thought that was really cool. Kind of see that anger come out of him and him not praising corporate anymore before he, he uh, sacrificed himself. That was kind of cool to see. Yeah. His redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He definitely went very existential, I think, you know, <laughs> in the sense of uh, just, I don't know, doing all this, like building this whole life, working for this company and just, you know, uh, I, I don't know. In some ways, just kind of realizing the meaningless in it all. Realizing it's, like, it's just a life for a company that would just throw you out. Yeah, and you and you just you definitely get the sense. Uh, well, what I could extrapolate is this is just a very miserable, lonely person. It's like yep. nobody invite. Yeah, even says himself. At least you got invited to Thanksgiving. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, he definitely strikes me as like. You know, he would be, he's the uncle that ruins Thanksgiving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably the one, he might be the one also going on some racist conspiracy theories and stuff. Yeah, he, he's like Uncle Frank from Home Alone, you know what I mean? You don't want him in your house, but he has to be invited because you like his wife and kid. Yep. <laughs> All right, Frank, you cheapskate. <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. Look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. And uh, my final good was, you know, they uh, they decide they're going off for pancakes. They're going to be, they're just going to like fucking relax during this whole apocalypse thing. I, I don't even know where they're going to go because like if civilians are being evacuated, I'm pretty sure the IHOP isn't going to be open. Right. 
But uh, yeah. I guess they're going to break into the IHOP and make some pancakes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Assuming okay. that the that the workers didn't grab as much of the mix as they could on their way out. It's like right, five of a can. They went on to Waffle House, right? Yeah, and they they uh, they forgot about the other store going through its own infection and outbreak. Because remember, they mm-hmm. were on a phone saying like our customers are going on the loose, and then you hear like the 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 you know, the manager on that line getting attacked. And then we don't talk about it anymore. So, you know, they forgot about the other store, but the directors didn't because when they drive off, when they drive off in the distance, we get to see another Walmart with a uh, shopperzilla sticking out of it. (laughs) And, uh, that's about, uh, all my goods. Now I can move on to the bads. Does anybody else have any more goods? Well, that was my last. That was my last good. But I'll just throw this one out there because I just kind of thought it was fun. When they're in the when they're in the back area, you know, they're they're you know they're finally getting to know each other and stuff like they're bonding over slices of you know of of turkey, you know, that you get like out of Oscar Mayer packages yeah. or something like that. And I some cranberry sauce, which I I don't know where it came from, but I think they like like rolled it up inside the bologna inside the turkey yeah. loaf. Yeah, right. I just thought that was that was just kind of a funny scene. How you know that's their Thanksgiving dinner, you know? And, yeah, you know they're they're getting they're getting threatened and killed by you know infected zombie people, but they can still share you know a nice Thanksgiving meal together. <laughs> right. I guess you know if I could tack on a last little good that just came up on the fly, but I was really kind of digging those like LED swords or whatever that was around. They were like using to light that room or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? The, yeah, yeah, it looked the, like a rave because the power was out. It did. Yep. Yeah, those look kind of cool. I was like, oh yeah, it'd be kind of fun to do some flow toy shit with those. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now we can move on to the bads. And uh, uh, Eric, how many like how many bads you got? Because I only got one. How many? <laughs> I have one, two. I actually, I only have four. And oh wow. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I think now I it's think my turn worth, to comment yeah, got... on your bads as you and John go yeah, back yeah. and forth. Yeah. I got four. You know, they're not major, but you know, they're they're worth being, you know, talked about. Oh, I think. yeah, nothing is too minor to be talked about on this show, right? Yeah. So uh, I guess my my first bad was, you know, it's as cool as Michael Jai White was, you know, taking people taking the monsters out with the box cutter and the nail gun. I thought he had a very fucking lame death. He gets shot in the face with the Spider Man web, and he's dragged off screen and killed, and we. I think he deserved a bigger death for such a cool badass character. Yeah, um, it was just, it's it's just so fucking disappointing. What what you know what we saw? Maybe he I don't know if he there was like limited time he was available or not. But mm. like, geez, come on, give yeah. Yeah, I thought he was done away with a little too quickly, you know. Mm. Uh, that was like my third little bad I was gonna write there. It was just like, yeah, I feel like he got it. I mean, he definitely got a last. A last good hoorah, but like, yeah, his death was a bit anticlimactic, mm-hmm. anticlimactic, and almost made me think that like somehow he was gonna like come back and do like maybe not live through the movie, but do one yes. last cool thing, or you know, like, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know, yeah, for like a cool actor and just seeing him back and stuff, I was like, I would have liked to see him used a bit more in this, yeah, like getting ripped apart and like still be fighting and killing them even as as he gets dismembered or bitten. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Even like a Sean just, Bean you know, type, on. like a Sean Bean death from uh, like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yeah, I, like you know, he he's fighting them off, and they're just over. They're overwhelming him. Just show him get bit on the neck once, and then you know him fall down, and then just have that you know that stereotypical shot from the ceiling where he's like laying on the ground, and they just all swarm over him. But instead, like we like I said, you know, Spider Man <laughs> takes him away. Right, he's the kind of guy that like you know they're all swarming him, and then he has an explosive in his hand, and then just blows up a bunch of them or some shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like wherever he might find an explosive in a toy store. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, uh, John, what's your first bad? Um, so this is kind of more broadly across it. Um, so I, I, okay. Like as much as I did kind of enjoy the cast and most of the characters and stuff, I did think there wasn't a lot of time spent developing them all that much. Uh, I mean, you know, I, the movie could have been padded out a little bit more to have some more scenes that kind of develop the characters as characters. We kind of just see them sort of represented in a somewhat surface level, you know, kind of thing. I mean, you know, talk about their relationship with the store, but, um, you know, at times I felt like maybe the character Velvet was a little bit thin, but, uh, you know, we do get some points in there. Um, but, you know, the movie's only a little under an hour and a half, and I was like, you know, you could maybe make it a little bit longer, and that could just create some more stakes. That's kind of tied in with the Michael J. White thing, where yeah, he's Because we only kinda... get time to know the people who live. Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay, I guess you do get a bit more out of Ken, Devin Sawa's character, Chris, and, and maybe Marnie, but... Yeah, you don't get much of Brian, and and even with Jonathan, it's it's kind of it's still a little bit vague. I don't you know. You make a good point too, because what was her name, Marnie? All you really know, yeah, about and Marnie is that she, is that she made out with Devin Sawa on like the express lane or something one night, and he now has a thing for her, and she was like, "No, we just made out." That's pretty much like all to her characters. They 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 got bored at at work one night and made out. Yeah, this place is a yeah. soldier, and it just passed time. Yeah. So no, no, I, I see what you're getting. That does make sense. It would have been kind of cool to know like a little bit about her backstory, other than that. Yeah, who is she? Yeah. who is she worried about as yeah. the uh, as society is crumbling? Right, considering she does play a pretty big role in the movie, and and those little things can add up a lot in like how invested you get in the climax of the movie. You know, it's like yeah, the more since she survives too. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I know for someone um, like as little as much screen time as say Bruce Campbell. Right. It's like the only reason so, she survived is because she's, you know, love interest for Ken. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, like yeah, I mean, like when you look think about it that way, and um I mean maybe there's some deleted scenes where they had some more you know, more dialogue and stuff like that, but right. uh but maybe that was cut down, but you know, that's just one thing I could say. I mean, it's not a huge deal, but, uh, you know, if I can criticize anything on that front, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My only bad is, uh, well, the cotton candy inflato blob looked great until it bursts out of the roof. And then it just becomes sci-fi CGI of the week. Inclu- <laughs> yeah. Including Chris's big redemption with the forklift spinning its tires. And I'm like... Wow, you couldn't just get a forklift to just go in reverse. You really had to do. You had to spend CGI budget on spinning tires. I, <laughs> because yeah, otherwise, I, we'd I, have to come up with the reality that forklifts just don't spin that fast. They're, the yeah, tires right. just don't go that fast. 
that was my next bad was, you know, and it wasn't just before it burst out of the roof. It's kind of like when it's kind of all coagulated together and like it's growing, growing, growing up to the roof. I put the big purple meteor turned into the big purple balloon because that's what it looked like. It looked like a hot air balloon, just kind of slowly inflating. It just, it looked really bad. To me, it looked like they just basically clicked on it. Held shift and scrolled the wheel up to it to to uh, to make it bigger, <laughs> and that's yeah. and then they just tried to sell it on us. This is an effect. Watch it burst out of a roof and watch all these totally believable. Oh. Watch this totally believable debris go on the ground and not disappear instantly like PlayStation yeah. 1 explosion graphics. <laughs> this was like yeah, it reminded me of watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation or something. Yeah, like. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that would have been another thing I just kind of listed as a bad. It's just I mean I think everyone probably noticed just how bad the CGI is. The practical mm-hmm. effects are great, but yeah, when we get into the the special effects, yeah, that's when it really just starts looking like some stuff from the mid nineties, you know. I mean, all you had to do is just like if you're going to do some CGI, like you could overlay this thing like growing while laying it over an actual like a roof that has something poking out of it mm-hmm. and then just layer the real effect over the real roof breaking open so that you get to see a combination of a real roof rather than like here's like an explosion with like debris that hopefully won't you know delete after 15 seconds right like you could have debris that looks real because it is real and still use CGI. I mean, like, look at Lord of the Rings. They combined, like, CGI with practical effects to the point where yep. almost nothing looked CGI. Yeah. That's beautifully done. So, that's it for my bads. Eric, what's your next bad? Uh, we'll, kind of, we'll kind of piggyback a little bit on the, on the CGI. Is I talked about how I loved how the infected looked initially with the boils and stuff like that. And I did love how the... the, the creatures i guess evolved my one if i have to complain my one complaint is when devon sawa is fighting the creature that you know used to be the the grandma you know lady oh yeah you can tell that's full-on actor in a rubber suit when we get the close-up shots and it's just kind of to me it's kind of disappointing because how cool the characters or the infected looked earlier until i mean i love how you know he's fighting one of them you know hand to hand you know with a skateboard and shit like that but just the look of the the suit it just kind of it lacked a little bit like i said you could tell it was especially because they shouldn't have they probably should have had him maybe fight in the dark more so they can hide the imperfections like maybe in the back with like you know like what did you call them you know the 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 lightsabers or whatever you know because the power was off it would have looked a lot better but you can, like I said, you can tell this was like, you know, Pumpkinhead 2, you know, Man in a Suit, if you've seen that movie. Yeah. And uh, one of you guys just mentioned Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's like, you know, Baraka in that movie. You know, it's full-on man in rubber suit, you know, from Walmart type of thing. It was, <laughs> yeah. Complete with, the fucking, complete with the fucking razor teeth and everything, you know. Maybe yeah. you know, had one of those, you know, around and, you know, they just painted it or something. It was just very disappointing seeing what came after seeing what came first. Sure. I've seen better practical effects on Goosebumps, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, you have (laughs) like the Goosebumps show. Yeah. Like, uh, well, and not to take away from that show, they did have some cool effects for what it was too, but yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was cool that that was the grandma because she still had the grandma necklace, but it was <laughs> like it was just disappointing that. Just, yeah. Hurry up, dickless! She was funny. it was a guy in the grandma outfit, so mm. <laughs> he, he 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 was kind of like the Aunt Zelda of this movie from the uh, <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Oh right. Oh, yeah, much much more terrifying, you know, in Pet Cemetery though. With a smaller budget. <laughs> yeah, truly with her, sometimes dead is better, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes better suits. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, John, what's another bad? Uh, well, okay, so I guess this is just another point about CGI. Um, you know, because I had it more as a broad point, but to maybe pinpoint stuff that we haven't looked at was... Uh, like for example, like towards the end, like when the uh, the big the giant monster like comes out of the rooftop of the store, and then there's the fire in front of it. It's like the fire contra- like the fire effects don't look very convincing, and it's like the contrast with like the monster behind the fire. It just you know again it reminds me of some '90s made for television movie. Type special yeah. effects. That's another part too where it looks pretty bad. Um, you know, just any point where you could tell they sprinkled in CGI is just where it sticks out like a sore thumb, and mm-hmm. yeah, it can kind of offset the otherwise really cool looking design of the monster. Like, yeah, even yes. that fuck because I, you know, I have to hark again about like how honestly that monster was very uncanny looking. It was kind of some nightmare feel. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's just the fire stuff around it just didn't look very cool. Didn't look very good. Again, it, yeah, it was just reminded me of watching like fucking Mortal Kombat Annihilation or some <laughs> shit. Like just yeah, like, we're about to watch a really bad, badly choreographed, bad CGI fucking Mortal Kombat fight on this rooftop and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like Sonya fighting Ermac or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I got something else to say about that in my next section. <laughs> so, Eric, what about you? Anything left? I have one last one, and it's a, it's it's a nitpick. We we kind of praised it. Well, we'll we kind of praised part of it. Uh, we enjoyed Brian getting flicked away like a, a paper <laughs> football. I just hated the fact that his hero moment was he was going to try to fucking talk the creature down. <laughs> like, I have great customer like, relations. Is... I can, I can reach it. Look, look. Okay, we knew he was going to die when he said this was man. Brian's an stuff. asshole, but he never came off as stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was cunning. Mike, Mike, right? Mike called this this creature Shopzilla. It's Godzilla. It's the size of King Kong. Why the hell, hero moment or not? Are you trying to talk this fucking creature down? You, you, it is also on fire. You, Right. Do you think you can talk? Were you thinking you can talk down? You know the the early stages. Now this thing is you know fucking stories tall, and you're still gonna think. Can it even fucking hear you? You know what I mean? With you being that small, I just, I just thought that was just a dumb way to get rid of him. Like we knew Brian. We yeah, we didn't give a shit that he died because he was an asshole from the very beginning. He didn't have a, a redeeming part of his body, especially when we found out he's the one that bit Devin Sawa. You know, instead of, you know, the infected and this and that, just because he wanted to get away and use Devin as like a... He wanted Devin to sacrifice himself nobly for a stupid, for like a lie. 
Exactly. Brian's not a likable character, but just the fact that he tried to talk it down just made him look. Yeah, dumb he should have. He should have died in a manner befitting his status. Like, you know, trying to like sneak. Say he like uh, pickpockets uh, Chris, and he gets the mm-hmm. keys to a car, and he takes off in the car, but then it gets crushed by falling debris from the roof. And you're that like, been fine. yeah, because then it's like he died being a sneaky bastard and also showing them like you're going to have to deal with the monster before you try to escape. Like mm-hmm. it would it would be suiting and it would give purpose to the narrative. Yeah. But that's my last one. That's it. Yeah. So, like I said, there, there were some bads, but not very many and not major ones. I think I think the, honestly, I think the worst one was was just the one that bugged me the most was uh, was Brian. Yeah. Just because it just made him look stupid and he never showed any type of stupidity in his personality. Yeah, this was like stupidly suicidal and he yeah. was not stupid or suicidal. Right. But uh, yeah. yeah, he he should have gone out like being a conniving bastard. Mm-hmm. Like be true to his character. This was a total betrayal. It was for, you know, writer's convenience because they were, this is clearly when the writer was like well, tired and just looking to close up shop for the night. And he's right. just like, and then he talks to him and gets killed. Yeah. I mean, this was the guy who like, like schemed to basically get, you know, Ken kicked out of their like whole little group there, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, so it would have been more appropriate had he died, like maybe try to fuck over Chris or Marnie or something, you know, like. Or, like, as soon as, like, he uh, sees, uh, uh, fuck, who was Bruce's character? John? Jonathan. Yeah, as soon as he sees him die, he should be like, I'm manager now. I've been promoted. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, have him at least, like, that made just sense. go Fill that power yeah, vacuum. Go you ranting know. and being like, I'm in charge now. I'm a, I have seniority. Yeah, right. And that's when he gets stepped on. Splat. You know what I mean? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. There we so, go. So, uh, I've only got my one what the fuck, and uh, Shopperzilla is the what the fuck to me, because, you know, the fact that they all combine to be, like, one slow, non-moving, vulnerable thing, rather than being a bunch of fast-moving, effective parts seems mm-hmm. like bad design. Also, you know, if it's, like, um, a bunch of people all combined... That makes sense. Like, make it look like Freddy's stomach from the Dream Master, where mm-hmm. it's got like all the all the people, <laughs> the faces of everyone who's ki- who's been killed. Right. Instead, it's got like a bird. Like, like basically, you're making like turkey from Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I really expected him to look at Marnie and just be like, "Nice tits, bitch." <laughs> And the fact that it's surrounded by a flaming building and it's not burning, like his entire base is on fire because of the propane tanks. It's not just like, oh, there's a small uh, ember or flame on the roof. The entire base of the building is fire is burning and the fire is spreading to the roof. And the fact that he'll just like stop and look at things like you should be fucking burning. You should be in constant immense pain. And moving quickly to get out of the building or like smashing through it. The fact that fire <laughs> just does not seem to bother and affect this thing is just fucking stupid. And it takes way too long to die <laughs> for apparently no reason. It, it yeah, seems, it is taken out pretty easily with that forklift. 
It was like, I don't know, it was parked up and it there didn't like even it was do it. Gozer. He, he bled a bit, yelled, and then it seemed like the store exploded after being on fire. Like, I'm pretty sure the fire right. would have been from the explosions. Uh, unless, well, unless propane has two-stage explosions. One is just flame and then the boom comes later. I don't know. Does anybody know Hank Hill? Can we get him on the line? I think it's just from all the unsafe toys that was in the store. That's what caused the explosion. <laughs> sure. They all had battery defects. The flames well, was from the propane tanks, and the explosion was from the Dower Dentist batteries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and it, it kind of begs more of the question, too, like, why even the characters really stuck around to even deal with that thing? Because the thing is, comes out of the fucking roof. It's it's slow moving. It's It's moving slow enough to where... They probably could have just. They saw like, no, it. It did pick off something or uh, smash some uh, things with the pieces of the roof. So that's mm-hmm. when they realized they did have to stick around and deal with it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Or at least wait for it to <laughs> wait for the fire to just, actually start taking effect. I, I just felt like once they reunited with Ken, they could like somehow get to a car or some shit, or just I don't run know. out of the parking lot, just like like scrambling. Yeah, that's how I mean. it was. Like, yeah, this is like maybe run out of the parking lot. I mean, it took a while for it to kill fucking Brian. You know, Brian was yeah. there over like taunting it. It like it, it reached all the way over. It's like yeah, with that amount of time, I would have already fucking fled you know like, we're outside the store now okay this thing is pretty big but it's like doesn't look like it's paying that much attention to and things his death, unless and his death I'm is so cheap he just gets clicked and dragged off the off the screen yeah that's what we get of, of ryan we don't even get to see a fucking corpse <laughs> no so basically like this movie has been great up until the end and then it just shits the bed in a yeah. lot of ways yeah, they're just like, okay, let's write an ending, and then we'll kind of make the ending like, basically, it's like they did like the ending from Cloverfield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, does anyone else have what the fucks? Uh, I do not. I do not. Okay, so now we can get to the kill of the week. <laughs> I gotta give it to Bruce Campbell's rant redemption. <laughs> as I like to call it because you know yep. Michael J. White he uh, for his kickassery he went out pretty fucking bitch like he you yep. know what I think I got the term he got mace winded yeah he was <laughs> dominating and then for no fucking reason just got knocked out a window yep <laughs> yep and Ryan who definitely would have deserved to have his death televised he again they just double clicked him and dragged him off the frame and they're just like and that's how he dies and i'm like fuck you you don't get that you don't get praise for the fucking laziest way to kill someone who just suddenly abandons their entire character that they've set up for the movie i mean you've been been good so far but you know what that cuts both ways because now i'm holding you to a fucking standard because you've demonstrated good writing for the first 80 minutes well they they picked their nose, they picked their nose, and then they flicked, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So it's got to go to Bruce Campbell, even though we don't even get to see him die. He just jumps into like a, no. a smoky pit. And I'm like, well, it's the closest we're going to get to well, a decent kill. And it still was a little baffling to me, though, that, that that's the route he went. It's still, I kind of get why he did it, but then I kind of don't. Like, that, even that seemed a little out of Yeah, like, again. So, for- like, I was like, why are you even doing this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> there was a better way to, like, close that lid, like, just stand on it. Right. But he's just like, no, somehow I'll just dump down and that will either kill or distract everything that's climbed up to open up yeah. the hatch. Like, yeah, I'm just kind of like, what did it, what was he really hope? I mean, maybe a, like a little bit of a diversion, but I'm just like, what are you hoping to accomplish? Yeah. And for a guy that's so focused on his own self interest or like, you know, holding on to his mundane little thing, it, it also mm-hmm. seemed a little, you know what? I'm fucking, I'm undoing that. I'm going to, I just realized what was hilarious. And we got to see on screen, at least more so than anything else we've just described. And that's going to be Ruth getting taken out by the police cruiser after seeing the cop coming, <laughs> just smiling yeah. and saying, oh, good, the police are here. Yeah, and that smash. Was, that was going to be my favorite one right there. <laughs> you, you can have the it, too. Uh, I'm, not, yeah. I'm, I'm not like I, I, I got to vote for Ruth just because, yeah, it's just that goofy. Yeah. And you get to see it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they. Yeah, exactly. It's not. There's no cutaways, you know. <laughs> and it does. And it's all. But, and there's no CGI bullshit in it either. Right. And um, you see that car come but, through the window, and you see like a body like off the fucking hood. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I I do still like Brian's death though, even though it's got some issues. <laughs> it's just the fact he gets flicked, you know. <laughs> it reminds me, uh, if. Yeah, I guess you guys haven't played the game Elden Ring, but there's a fucking weapon in that that is literally like a fucking giant finger, and you like fucking flick people with it. Like, you, like, <laughs> you like thump them. Yeah, it like every every weapon has like a special ability with it, and its special ability is like you fucking flick people, and like you could like charge it up too, and like fucking launch people up in the air. <laughs> I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't played that game yet. I got my. Uh... It's in my pile. Yeah. So I will get, get to it, it eventually. It's like, I've heard like, oh, it's like, well, it's a great Souls-like game. And I'm like, maybe I should play some mm. of the other Souls games first so I get the handle on it. Yeah, that's not necessary. It's actually a good, like, if you ha- it's a good one even if you haven't played those. But it, if you have played those kind of games, yeah, it helps you kind of understand it because some of those games can be a little bit, they're, they're, there's somewhat of a learning curve, but. You know, hey, you know, if you've played a lot of other RPG type stuff, it's not anything you can't learn. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Eric, what's your kill? Well, honestly, I was going to go with Bruce Campbell by default because I didn't think any other death was worth mentioning. But the fact that you guys brought up Ruth that I sadly forgot about, I'm going with her as well because her getting hit by that cruiser was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, she. You know, for pound for pound, considering how little screen time she got, every time she was in it, she fucking made it count. Oh, dude, she owned every scene that she, like, ever, you know, yeah. She was, uh, <laughs> she was well fitted into the script. It's like a, a small part that was well written. Yeah, she was pretty fucking excellent. So Definitely. now we can take it to the rating. And uh, despite the fact that it shits the ending, I'm going to give this four dour dentists. 
Adifage. <laughs> Our dentist. So. The, the cast was entertaining and likable, even the assholes. And there mm. were some excellent kills and mostly great practical effects until it stopped being practical at the end. It's uh, right. it's not going to be like a, like a classic five, but, you know, for a, a Christmas comedy horror with zombies and a threat of an undeterminate nature, it's, it's it, like I had, my, I had some fucking laughs. You, you heard the amount mm. of goods we had. It's, uh, yeah. it's pretty respectable. So, Eric, yeah. what's your rating? Uh, mine was, I we, we picked this one, you know, Mike wanted me to be a guest and we couldn't think of anything because we did not want to do anything that we would have to pull off of Tubi for, for many, many reasons. You know, many episodes came from Tubi of this show. You, you mean, so you I mean, like, you mean like she Krampus, bitch of the North Pole? <laughs> yeah, we've done, yeah, yeah. The less we talk about our Tubi selections, the better. So I, I found this on <laughs> and, uh. I, you know, I knew nothing of it. Mike says, hey, it's got Bruce Campbell. Let's do it. I sat down and I had a fucking blast from beginning to end. I'm giving this four and a half bitchy grandma. And uh, it's because of like what Mike just said, but also the pacing of this is it's it's pretty much nonstop. It, it slows down a little bit like when they're in the back, you know, bonding, I guess you would say. But it's still good conversation. I'm never bored. Memorable characters. Great Makeup effects, um, beginning to end. I, you know, like Mike said, he laughed quite a few times. So did I. Yeah, had a blast from from this movie. A very, very happy surprise. Yeah, and John, what's your uh, rating? All right, I'm going to give this uh, four useless forklift driver licenses out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a really fun, um, you know, holiday horror movie, which there's not a whole lot of them out there. Um, you know, and and it's great, you know, that we do have a movie like this as, you know, to watch around this time of year as a selection. Um, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, it's not like the strongest horror movie out there, but it's fucking great for, as a holiday movie. And, um, you know, it does have a good cast of characters. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, pacing is great in it, though. I could would have liked maybe a little more time spent with some character development, I guess. But, uh, you know, and again, yeah, some issues coming in with uh, the special effects. But at the same time, the special effects are great when you use all the practical effects in there. And, uh, yeah, the monster design is really cool and the way the monsters evolve and all of that. Uh, you know, I think it's just, it's a movie that is a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, it's now one that I feel like, you know, I could watch every holiday season now. Um, oh, and not to mention, it is a great anger catharsis type of movie. You know, if you've worked retail, and you yeah. fucking hate all the customers working at Black Friday... This is one of those kind of movies. It's a, it's a good release in that way. Yeah, uh, this movie will be your catharsis if you've been scarred by Black Friday. Yeah, as, yeah, as I, we have, as, or, you, if, as the first twenty minutes of this episode has. Yeah, uh, or just dope. working with the public in general. Yes. Yeah, if you fucking hate the public, then you know you get to see some of them die, which is really. Yeah. You should get that from most horror movies, actually. Yeah. The existential. Yeah, you know, Ryan's Chris says it. 
very well in there, you know, that it's a prison, you know, and it's like there's the existential horror of being stuck in retail and being like a Jonathan type of person who's been doing it for almost 30 years and shit, you know, it's like, and I don't know, he spent all this time realizing what was it for, all for nothing, you know? Yep. That's that's the real horror of this movie, okay? Let's get real deep into it, okay? <laughs> uh, so, what did you think about this movie? Hit us up in the comments on our Facebook or uh, leave a comment on our website, strangebiscuits.com. And, uh, you know, let us know what you would like to see for the Chris Massacre. You always get a chance to weigh in. Uh, you can contact us, leave a comment. You know, there's a whole bunch of ways. Just, you know, get on it. And if you can't, uh, you know, there's always the Facebook page. And uh, Twitter for as long as we have it. As long as Twitter exists. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, Eric, is there anywhere people can find you? Um, The easiest way to to find me is uh, my YouTube channel. Hey, Internet Eric here. It's it's just... Me, you know, no one special, just talking movies on YouTube whenever I have time or the, the gumption to do it. Um, I'm on a podcast with my buddy Alex called Two Bearded Losers. Um, we've been on a bit of a hiatus, and uh, as of this recording, we may be back. But uh, as of this recording, the last things we did, we had uh, some Halloween-type films we, we discussed. We discussed The Monster Squad, uh, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, that Mike and I did an episode for the Graveyard Shift uh, before. You can check the archive for that. And we did our last uh, recorded up. We did one for Rob Zombie's The Monsters. And then we did one for, it was something, uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Um, which, yeah, it was exactly something. You can find uh, me and Two Bearded Losers on any social media Facebook, if Twitter still exists by the time this co- this episode comes out, and Instagram. Just just Google that. It's the easiest way to find us. And me. And uh, you, John? Well, um, I've done it for a little while, but if you want to follow me on Twitch, um, I you know usually stream horror games and maybe some other related material, but horror games being my main shtick uh, under Mr. Socko. Um, and Sako spelled S-O-C-K-K-O. So, um, and I don't know if you also want to, uh, you know, follow my, uh, Flow Arts page on Facebook. You can look up King Mickey Light Show Artist. Uh, just starting to put some more content up there. Just, uh, messing with flow props, poise spinning, glow stringing, uh, and probably start putting up some more, uh, some you know, fire dancing, that type of content when I can get some recordings up there. So yeah, if you want to see me do some crazy, uh, crazy and dangerous stuff, uh, yeah, you know, hit me up. (laughs) All right. So we hope you uh, have a happy holidays, but just because Christmas may be over by the time this episode airs, we do not end the Chris massacre so soon. We still have one more episode for the month of Dismember. And then it will be on to a bloody new year. But until next time, I'm Mike. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And thank you for joining us as we continue the Chris Massacre on the Graveyard Shift. 
The Graveyard Shift is a Strange Biscuits production. Visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyardshift to hear all of our previous episodes. Subscribe to us, rate, and review us on CastBox, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out our Instagram at The Graveyard Shift Pod, as well as our Facebook at The Graveyard Shift Pod. Our Twitter is GS underscore Horror Pod, and if you wish to support the show financially, visit us at patreon.com slash graveyard. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get bonus content. The theme for the Graveyard Shift is As Brutal As It Ever Was by Technoaxe. Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky. Ha 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 